He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. And He is our hope. He is beginning and end. And there is no one like Him. May we count in hope in the promise of the book of Revelation. Amen. Man, I'll tell you, when we start singing songs that have revelation truth in them and we've been walking through the book of Revelation, it is powerful to be able to just know, look back, and experience, right? We've been walking through the book of Revelation now for quite a little bit of time here and uh, started last October as we've been walking through. We did the first series was chapters one through three, and it was all about the church and the seven churches there and the call out uh, for us to be able to understand what we can learn from them and go after a worship of our God, learning from them. And then after that, we jumped into Revelation 4 through 19. We called it the thunderous sevens and the copycat, right? Sevens all over the place of God's handiwork and Satan just trying to me to it along the way. And uh, the, the chapters 4 through 19 covering very clearly this future seven years that is to come, this amazing moment where God is going to be bringing this world as we know it to a close. He will be thundering in, putting his foot down on the Mount of Olives, and that will be it. Rebellion kind of brought to a close as he walks this world into a thousand-year millennial kingdom. And it starts out then into our third series here as we're in Revelation 20, 21, and 22. And we're looking at that kingdom that is coming. After Christ comes, what's it going to be like? And we looked already at the first thousand years of that kingdom. And then after that, Christ walking in and creating a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. And that's where we are now closing out in chapter 22 this week and next as we look at the detail of all of that kingdom that will be forever, right? Everybody say forever. Forevermore. With Christ in charge, absolute perfection, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache, no more death, no more sin, no more loss, no more wishing we had done something differently all the way along the line, forever satisfying, powerful worship. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, Man, amen to that. That's a huge promise that we have in the book of Revelation. So as we're diving in here today, we're going to be looking a little more at the final details. Today, we're going to see Jesus lifted up as Alpha and Omega, kind of bringing to a close the understanding of this new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 22, starting in verse 6. And uh, we're in week six of those Revelation books. You should have your Revelation book that we've been walking through. If you're new with us and you didn't get one, feel free to grab one on your way out. They're on those book tables on your way out uh, through the aisles here, all right? So uh, Revelation chapter 22, starting in verse six as we get going. First point number one, live by the promises in the book of Revelation and worship God with all you have. Live by the promises in the book of Revelation and worship God with all you have. May we go after an unbelievable worship of our God. May we celebrate him for all that he is, all right? So here we go as we dive into Revelation 22, starting in verse six. Remember, we've now already seen the new Jerusalem. 
We've seen all the amazing detail. We've seen the, the giant, gorgeous crystal walls that are massive in size. We've seen this amazing gates, the 12 gates and the 12 foundations with deep meaning about the building up of the body of Christ, the jewels and the light and the color and the splash, all the outside stuff, right? We've seen that. We actually looked last week at some of the internals. We saw that there's going to be an eternal, perfect relationship with God. Like for the first time ever, we're going to actually be able to see the full glory of God. It says we'll see him face to face. For the first time, nothing held back and it will go on forever. This massive eternal relationship with our God that is going to be so satisfying. He's going to be walking us into that new Jerusalem, which he ends up using metaphors that sort of describe it almost like the first Eden, which collapsed. This will be the perfect future eternal Eden that will never collapse again, right? We've already seen the outside. We've seen a little bit of the inside, and now we get to see a little bit more about Jesus and a call to walking with him as Alpha and Omega. So here we go. Starting in verse 6, it says, and he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Let's just hold right there. He says, and he said to me, John writing this, remember there's an angel who's been describing some of the details of all of New Jerusalem. That angel is continuing forward with John. This angel was one of the seven angels that poured out one of the seven bowls in the judgments that happened just before that, like before the millennial kingdom, right? So this angel has some high authority and some high information and he's sharing with John. He says to him, these words are trustworthy and true. Like what words? Well, for sure the words about heaven itself, New Jerusalem and all that it would be, for sure the understanding of a little bit of the look and feel of it all and a little bit of the experience of God in it all, for sure that, right? But probably even more than just that little narrow spot of just New Jerusalem that he's been describing, really the whole book of Revelation and all that it entails like this is a moment where he's saying, listen, everything you've just heard, it's called the prophecy of Jesus Christ. This is all about Jesus. It is one big revelation. It is one big revelation. So when you're saying the name of the book, remember it is singular, right? It's revelation. There is no S at the end, right? It is revelation. Everybody say it with me. Good, I don't think I heard an S there. I think we're good, yeah. So it's a big deal, right? It is one reveal of the prophecy of Jesus Christ and his second coming. It is a big, thunderous statement of God's plan and all that he's got going. And the angel is like, I want you to know this. From beginning to end in this book, everything you've heard is true and trustworthy. It is absolutely solid. These are the words of God so you can bank on it. That's basically what he's saying, right? It says, and the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, he's like, just so we're clear, this came from God himself as he sent the prophets, the ones who were speaking forth. And remember, as these prophets spoke, well, as they shared, 
They basically were bringing truth that God was giving to them. And so he is the God over them. He's giving them the word to say. The prophets really had God as their king. God as their director. God is stirring them and providing in them. He says, as the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel now to show his servants what must soon take place. The angel's like, just so we're clear, I am just a messenger. I am sent by God and I'm bringing some truth. And I'm just like the prophets of old, and I'm just like one who had written down maybe something in the scripture. I'm telling you, I am just a messenger, and I am bringing it from the God of the universe who does not lie. These things are true. These things are trustworthy. And yes, I've been sent by him. Count on that. Says then, Jesus now stepping up and says, and behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, yeah, check it out, right? The word behold literally means look at this, right? Check this out. Jesus saying, check it out. I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Now, just so we're clear, that word soon in the original language probably means something maybe a little more like I am coming quickly, like the time is moving along and progressing. And then just perspective wise, we might look at it and be like, I don't know, man, that's been like, you know, 2000 years ago. That doesn't seem very soon. Put it in perspective of forever. Think billions of years. Think we're way out into heaven. It's been billions of years and we're looking back and there was a time where it was a little sliver of delay of the thousand, two thousand years as the details were getting put in place. He is coming and he has a plan and he's bringing it to fruition and it will manage all of eternity. Hang on. He says, I am coming soon. And I'll tell you, you can tell by the way things are setting up, it's getting closer and closer and closer. I mean, can you imagine back in whatever, call it 12, 1300 AD, as they were reading the Bible and it talks about Israel in its nation with its land, but that wasn't happening. There was no nation of Israel. They had been spread all over the place. The land was barren. There was nothing happening. It would have been hard to read and be like, I guess I see this as just happening in the future. They were wrestling with things. And then all of a sudden in the last century, we've seen the nation of Israel ushered back in, still quite frankly, not running after their God. This isn't because they're worshiping God, but God still has a plan and he's doing something. And as he's walked the nation in, as he's begun to establish, I'm just telling you, you're starting to see some very quick unfolding here. And that's a huge deal. Everybody say that's a big deal. I agree with you, that is a big deal. Jesus is like, I am coming soon. And uh, it's getting closer and closer and quicker and quicker. And he says, then blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Blessed is the one, blessed like God's favor will be on you in a huge way if you keep the promises and the prophecy of this book, if you keep them, what does that mean? Well, it means to observe them. It means to be conformed to them. It means to not deny them as true. It means you stand with and you hang in there alongside of. It means you hope in the truth of the book of Revelation, the reality of a God who's in charge and he has it in hand. God has a plan. Everybody just say, God has a plan. And that, as we cling to that truth, and as we watch God unfold some of his detail, God has a plan. And it says, blessed is the one who hangs on 
to that truth. Blessed, and just so you know, in the book of Revelation, there are actually seven different times where it calls out a blessing to the ones who are following and listening to his scripture. And you can walk through and look that up if you want this week, but there are massive promises of blessing for those who follow the word, live by the word, hang their hopes on Jesus Christ and trust in him, God has a plan. He says then um, that we need to count on and trust in this. And I'll just say, just so you know, this is a really good argument for us, by the way, uh, of staying with the plain sense read of scripture, right? And so we do a plain sense read of walking through Revelation. Why? Well, if you start to just go, everything's a metaphor, I'm just going to change it to whatever it made me think of last. All of a sudden you can start veering off of what was being said and we're not doing a very good job of keeping it, trusting it and holding ourselves accountable to that. Like, so just make sure as we walk through the word of Revelation, that where it is a metaphor, where it is some kind of an illustration, let it be that. But man, as it says things that are going to be coming true, we hang our hat on that and we count on our God. This is a huge calling for why we go with the plain sense read. If the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense, right? That's a big deal. And it's an easy walkthrough of God's word so we're not losing track of what God is telling us to keep and to cling to and to hold on to. May God get all the glory, all right? He says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. John's like, I heard them and I saw them. He's like, I'm an eyewitness, like, I actually had part in this. I have seen this. I'm just telling you, it is a huge, huge deal. And I was there. These things are true. I am an eyewitness. He says, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. When I heard all of this, when I saw all of this, when I looked at the collective detail of all of the book of Revelation, and then I heard of this final statement of all of new Jerusalem and new heaven, and I see the massive exclamation point of the giant prophecy of Jesus Christ, man, I, I saw the huge meaning behind all of it, and I fell on my face. This message was massive, and so I bowed at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. Like I just started bowing to the messenger because it was so amazing. Everybody say that's a bad plan. And the angel agrees. We're gonna see that come up in point number two in just a second. But he drops to his, he's like, this is amazing. And he just falls. He's like, I don't think we get how stunning angels are. Like, I don't think we get how much we would be blown away because we read this and we're like, oh, come on, John. Like, we know we're supposed to just worship God alone. What are you doing worshiping an angel? I don't think we get the massiveness and the glory and the perfection and the purity and the privilege as they share out. And all of a sudden, we'd be doing what John did and being scolded by the angel and told to not do that anymore, right? The reality, John ends up falling at the feet of the angel, stunned by the message in all of its import. So I just thought... Maybe a good moment right now to just stop and take a breather and to think back over all of the series that we've gone through, right? And we've been able to use some graphics. We've got some artists that are part of this church. And so we had Tim Beck and uh, Samantha Wolfgang who were doing a little bit of drawings for us. And we've used some drawings to try to capture just a little bit of what the word was saying there, right? 
So let's just walk through some of these and get just kind of a remembrance moment. If you're newer with us and you haven't been here for the whole series, then you'll see some of what we talked about in the past. Maybe you can go back and jump into one of those earlier series, pick up the books there. We've got books for each of the sermon series in our office. Feel free to get that or in the bookstore, all right? But that said, let's just start and let's go back to the beginning and let's walk through a few images so we're kind of taking in all that John was thinking about. Here we go. First one. Uh, For worship, not for worry, right? This is our battle cry statement. As we dove into the book of Revelation, it is all about the greatness of Jesus Christ for worship, not for worry. Everybody say it with me. For worship, not for worry. I'm telling you too many people read Revelation and it's for worry and lots of detail knowledge, right? Everybody say, that's a bad plan. Like, let's not read Revelation just to get all wigged out, right? For worship, may God get all the glory, all right? For worship, not for worry. That was our battle cry statement as we dove in. So as we were in the first three chapters, the, the wake-up call, as we called it, the kind of the shout-out to the seven churches, let's throw the next one up. This image here is the mapping coming. And uh, you can see the seven churches. You see the circle out in the water there. That's the island of Patmos. If you remember, John was already captive. He had been moved away onto the island of Patmos. Why? Because he was like, I'm taking a stand for God's word and for who Jesus Christ is, and I don't care what you do to me. And they're like, that's contagious. We've got to get that out of here. They put him on the island of Patmos. And then Jesus ended up asking him to write to the seven churches right there just across from him. That is actually modern day Turkey there where those seven churches are. And uh, so he was writing to real churches in real time that had real problems and real successes, right? I ready to say real churches. Right? And so those were listed in the first chapter, and then you see each of the churches addressed in chapters two and three, and we walked through those. Next slide here. Let's go to the next image. Then Jesus introduced himself to John. Remember, he called himself the son of man, and his face was beaming white, and he had this white robe. He had the gold sash. He ended up having the seven stars in his hand, and he had the seven lampstands around him. And you might be like, what do those stand for? And so a few verses later, he actually says, just so you know, the stars in my hand are the seven messengers, the seven pastors, the seven angels, if you will. And so the pastor's bringing the message to the church. And it says the lampstands are the churches. And so Christ is standing among the churches. Remember where John's at. He's on the island of Patmos. The other apostles have all been martyred and he alone is living, and he's in prison. There's got to be a moment where you're like, is this thing going to go or not? Is this going to work? And Jesus is like, listen, I have the pastors in my hand, and I am standing amongst the middle of the churches. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Know this, I am about ready to do an amazing thing on this earth. This had to be a thunderous moment for John to see Jesus introduced like this. And then he gets to see all of Revelation unfold and the hugeness of God's plan to come, right? Next one. If you remember, we moved into the next series. We moved to Revelation chapters 4 through 19. And uh, let's go ahead and throw this up. Hopefully you remember this. This was, we took some time to just kind of bust out a throne room look on the stage, right? 
and we have the throne in the middle with the massive lighting. We had the 24 elders around. We had the four living creatures. It said that there was the emerald light splashing, and this was a pick from one of our worship moments on that. We had Sunday worship there. We had a Thursday night, and then a next Sunday, and just did some huge worship of the throne room celebration, the greatness and the perfection of our God. Man, I'm telling you, this brought me to tears in massive ways as we were able to consider all that our God is. Just a snapshot, just a snippet of experience as we began to celebrate our God is holy, holy, holy. Everybody just say those words with me. Holy, holy, holy. There is going to be a moment where we are shouting that out with all we've got. And there is no distraction and there is no sin and the thunderous power of God in the room and it is going to be stirring like you would not believe. The throne room moment as we took some time in Revelation 4 and early 5 there. And then we moved from there to Jesus who is worthy picking up the scroll. So let's go ahead and put the scroll up, right? It said, who is worthy? This is God's plan. Remember, as we were walking through Revelation 5, how is all of it going to unfold in Revelation? There is a scroll. And uh, hopefully this is bringing back some memories. You're like, oh yeah, I remember seeing that pic. I remember talking that through, right? The scroll ends up carrying all of God's plan for how he would unfold his wrath. The seals are the seven seals right there. You can see holding it closed. As those get broken, it opens up. And then the trumpets and bowls inside, right? And so as we saw the seals being unfolded, in fact, the first four seals came out kind of as representative using horses. So let's throw the four horsemen up here. And you can see this. By the way, every one of these drawings drawn by our artists in-house, right? And praise God for that. Just a huge deal as they took a little time to match the word up with image. And uh, you can see the white horse came first, right? Bringing in some conquering, but no arrow. So like more with smooth talking. There's going to be a political, smooth-talking future guy that comes sort of taking over the Antichrist element. Then the red horse bringing in war and and some bloodshed element. Then the black horse bringing in uh, just kind of massive problems with famine and all the rest. And ultimately, death coming in 25%. This is the first four seals that are going to unfold in that final seven years. As they unfold, it's going to be a big deal. And in fact probably is going to look or feel similar to what we started to see happen in the last few years, but on a much wider scale and a much more grievous scale in that. Let's go to the next slide here then as we move then to the um, battle cry statement that we used. So the seals opened up and then you open up the scroll and you see the trumpets and the bulls inside, right? So this was our statement of the timeline. If you look at the future seven years to come, John now getting the vision of it all. As he's sitting there and he's like, okay, I see it. Christ is building his church in the final seven years. Here's what it's going to be. Seven years. There's going to be seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, and then Christ comes. By the way, if you don't get anything else out of Revelation 4 through 19, just land that and at least you've got a timeline and a statement about the main importance of Christ coming again, right? But seven years, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, Christ comes. Say it with me. Seven years. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, Christ comes, right? That's the timeline of Revelation 4 through 19. And 19 ends with Christ coming in thunderous fashion. That said, as God's unfolding his plan, 
Satan's trying to unfold his plan. And so there was some description in Revelation about the evil one. Let's throw the beast up here. And uh, so we have a beast with seven heads, 10 horns. You have the great harlot riding on. This is the evil that was going to unfold in that future seven years. This, this evil headship, the 10 horns, like there's 10 rulers that are going to partner together. There's going to be a kingship. He's going to end up declaring one world government, one world economy, one world religion. Everybody worship me. That's what's coming. That's what it says in scripture pretty clearly. And there's going to be this partnership together in this bringing of idolatry. That's what this image was representing. And actually the scripture very clear saying the horns represent leaders and the beast represents the king. And like all of it explained in the passages in Revelation 13 and 17, right? But God has a plan. And all of God's people said, and so let's put the next one up. Jesus Christ is coming again. He is coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is absolutely in charge. And at the end of the seven years, Christ will return. And here's the beauty, whether we have passed away or been raptured up, man, we will have glorified body, perfect soul. We will be on white horses riding behind him. Not one of us has a weapon. Only weapon is his weapon, the spoken word, like a sword coming from his mouth as he puts an end to it. When his foot touches down on the Mount of Olives, it is done. And he calls in for his kingdom to be established for the thousand years. Christ establishing himself on the throne in Jerusalem and him reigning forevermore. Jesus Christ is coming again. And all of God's people said, Amen, man. If there, amen. Amen. Listen, if there was one thing you're going to grasp out of Revelation, get this. Jesus is coming again, and there's going to be a stunning, perfect heaven forever. May God get all the glory, right? That is a massive hope for us who believe in him. And then ultimately, he brings in an eternal kingdom. Let's throw the last one up in this giant New Jerusalem statement, the crystal walls, the foundations that just splash color with 12 kinds of jewels on each foundational element, and just this huge, welcoming, inviting, glorious, stunning, perfect place with God's glory beaming forth that says, no temple needed because he is the temple. We are going to have a stunning, perfect relationship with our God. It is this message that John was taking in. It is this hope from beginning to end in Revelation that caused him to fall on his face. Man, do you worship the God who has it in hand? Do you worship the king who is in charge? Are you ready to fall on your face before your God and say, God, help me to keep the truth of who you are. May I live on this planet for you. Ready? And all of God's people said, how are you doing it living for Jesus? Don't lose track of the promises of revelation beginning to end. We have a God who has it all in hand. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, that is our hope, right? Point number two, point number two, Celebrate. Celebrate Jesus as the Alpha and Omega in this world and in your life. 
celebrate Jesus as the Alpha and Omega in this world and in your life. He says, but he said to me, you must not do that. Remember, we have John who is now bowed down at the feet of the angel. The angels just told him all about Jerusalem. The angel has kind of pulled it all together and said, this is all trustworthy and true. He collapsed down in this massive worship. And the angel says, you must not do that. I'm just telling you, all too often we read scripture and we miss the punch. Like it is easy to read and go, you must not do that. And we're like, yeah, I kind of knew that. Like, I wonder why he did that. That was kind of weird. And like, first of all, grasp how great the glory of that angel must have been to blow him away and drop him to his knees. But just so you know, the angel didn't actually say, you must not do that. In fact, if you look at the literal language of it, here's what he literally said. See to it, you never do that again. That's what he said. See to it, not that. You make sure your worship is for God and God alone. Man, it is so easy to get distracted in this world. It is so easy to get distracted by something that you're drawn into, something you appreciate, something you like, and all of a sudden, it gets all of your attention. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves falling down in worship before. Man, be careful. May you have one being you bow before, and that is the God of the universe. His name is Jesus Christ. Ready? And all of God's people said, the angel is like, see to it, you never do that again. Stand it up. This is a huge moment of call out as he says, let's get faithful. Then the angel says, let me just give you a little perspective. Look, I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets. He's like, dude, we are all created beings. Will you just stand it up? Like, just come on, man, we can do this together, but I am alongside of you and your brothers, the prophets. Yes, there is ones who are bringing the word. You need to grasp that this is absolutely just us together as created beings. Literally, he's looking at him and saying, dude, you have got it all wrong. I am sure he's using the word dude too. I am sure of that. But he's like, you've got this all wrong. Stand it up. The great, you haven't even seen great yet, man. You haven't even seen the glory that is gonna rock your world. Stand it up and let's walk into the throne room of our King of Kings. May God get all the glory. He says, and with those who keep the words of this book, for those who conform to this, for those who hold to the hope of this, for those who trust in the promise of a coming king and an eternal heaven and a God who will hold us accountable, may we truly grasp that he brings hope. He says, look, I am a servant. I'm a part of it with the brothers, with the prophets, and with those who keep these words. Man, if you're saved, if you're trusting in the book of Revelation and God's promise, then that's you right? He's like, I am just one among. And as he says, for those who keep the words, like everybody just say, that's me. He's like, forever, all of those who are just humbly following after God and trusting his word, I'm with you, says the angel, as he lays it all down. And a simple question, am I being careful to hold on to this word and to trust with all I've got? May God truly be the center of my life. And then it says, and he said to me, the angel now speaking again, um, says, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is near. 
for the time is near. Now, Daniel was told, seal up the prophecy of your book, for the time is not near. And just so you know, Daniel had a lot of detail that was about the second coming of Christ, but the first coming of Christ had not come yet. And he's like, hang on, seal it up. There's information and detail about the final seven years and the coming king, hang on with that. There's a first coming that has to happen first. And there's just a little bits of spot in Daniel 2 and in Daniel 9 that talk about Christ going to the cross, the Messiah, the anointed one who will be cut off. And that's all it says. There's a little bit of talk. Daniel is talking largely to a kind of a future statement of what's to come and some of the prophecy there. And so he's like, just so we're clear, the time is now near. The first coming has happened and the second coming is on the way and God has it in motion. And he's like, don't seal this up. Know this, it is going to be an amazing amazing time as this is ushered in quickly. And um, he says then, uh, this is a very complicated sentence here, uh, and there's a lot of thought on it. He says, let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. And, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, did he seriously just tell people to go do evil things? (laughs) Like, what is he saying? And I think this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, you have heard the whole prophecy of Jesus Christ. You have heard the revelation of our great God. You have heard that he will hold those accountable who stand against him. You have heard that he will come again and reign forever. You know what's coming. So if you wanna do evil, you do evil. And if you wanna do righteous, you do righteous. Know this, God has a plan and he's going to deal with it all. I'll say this, God's glory has been stepped on by our sin and man, he is gonna deal with our sinfulness by his wrath being meted out. Wrath on the cross for Jesus Christ, praise God that we might be saved. Man, do you know Jesus Christ as your savior? Are you trusting in him, believing he is risen, confessing him as Lord, letting the wrath of God be poured on the cross for you, his wrath poured out for those who say, I won't go with Jesus, then God's wrath on them. He will stand up against sin and it will be dealt with by his wrath and his mercy as he pours on salvation for all who will follow him. Let the evil do evil. Let the righteous do righteous. God has a plan. All of it will be brought together in an amazing conclusion with God lifted up, Jesus Christ forever King of Kings. And all of God's people said, and then at the end, Jesus says, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, yeah, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each for what he has done. He's like, I'm just telling you, the books will matter. There will be the book of life. And for those who have their name written in the book of life, saved, right? Everybody say that, saved. For those who believe, name written in the book of life, that is their hope. And in that moment, being able to stand before Jesus and just simply bow with a smile on our face, celebrating with all we've got. Man, it is gonna be a massive moment. I don't think we even begin to understand the glory and the greatness of our God. 
And as we stand before him, we will bow before him. And man, praise God that we have our name written in the Lamb's book of life saved, not because of how good I am, but because of how great Jesus Christ is. I trust in you, Lord. And all of God's people said, that is our salvation hope. And for those who choose no, he's like, there are other books. They record all of the works and those works will be held accountable to my glory and they will come up short. I am coming again. I will judge this world and I do stand in charge. Man, please hear me. This world loves to talk about a God who is love and man, he is. Praise God for that and amen to that. But God is also holy and righteous. God stands against sin. May we never say, fine, he's love, so I can just keep on doing whatever I wanna do. God forbid. May we drop to our faces, may we humble ourselves, may we hand ourselves over and say, Lord God, you're in charge. It isn't what I feel, it isn't what I want, Lord, it's what you want. You are my king. We serve a God who is love, and we serve a God who is holiness and righteousness. Ready? And all of God's people said, and John was on his face, stunned with the message, may we be as well. He says, Jesus as a close, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Remember, Alpha is just the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter, right? He's just like, I'm the first, he's like, I'm the A and the Z. That's all he's saying. I'm the Alpha and Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. Jesus is like, listen, I spoke this world into existence. I am the Alpha. I have brought this world into play. I will bring this world to a close at my second coming as my foot touches down. I put a close to rebellion. I walk it into the thousand years and then this world is done. I am the end and I will bring a new beginning as I walk in a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. May God truly get all the praise forever. He is the alpha. He is the omega and he is our hope. He is beginning and end, and there is no one like him. May we count in hope in the promise of the book of Revelation. May we grasp this. It is for worship, not for worry. It is for celebration, because my God has my forever in hand. And it isn't my perfection, it is his. And it isn't my plan, it is his. Lord God, I am in. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, that is John's moment with the angel at the end of seeing New Jerusalem. And we've got one week left next week as we bring this all to a celebration close. May we truly praise the Alpha and Omega. Let's pray. 